You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to the final episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast of 2021. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, right a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post What up? Friend, I felt like it was the safest bet to just kind of lead with that. Okay. Because these people, when, when we, we, it doesn't happen very often. We're like the Dos Equis men of podcasting. Like, yeah. It's very often that we miss an episode but when we do it's going to be for at least two weeks so this will be the final affirmative murder of 2021 yeah. what a year it's been uh this has been a, a year of reflection there's been a lot of highs a lot of transformative uh experiences through 2021 friend and so yeah. i wanted to kind of pass it to you whether you want to talk about life stuff real quick because we're going to get into the podcast stuff of course but yeah 2021 man what a crazy year it's been yeah huh? um it's been a it's been a wild year um I get a little anxious around this time because it's like, you know, we go through a year and it's like, up oh, another year over, all the shit happened, you you know, you just... Time to do it again. And then it's like, it's like going, it's like open up this new door and it's like, what's going to happen? Yeah. But there's a, but there's like an, ex, the anxiety is also, there's a excitement anxiety to it yeah, too. Yeah, true. You know? right? True. But it's like, so much bad shit happens. And it's like... Yeah. What the fuck is this? And it's like then something then come January and something happens. It's like up. Oh. Not starting off. Yeah. Kick it. Well, let's <laughs> let's hope. Ja- let's hope. Ja- I don't even want to. It's like I don't even want to make predictions. You know. But let's hope without saying anything specific. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope January of 2022 just kicks off mundane. Let's hope for a boring January of 2022. Yeah. I don't even want it to be. Let's. Ha- I hope something exciting in a good way happens because then you might attract forces opposite that are yeah traumatic mm-hmm. like the whatever the opposite of exciting is like it'll be big but t- horrible yeah so i'm just looking for i'm not looking for a big bang coming out of january yeah you know i just i just uh looking to kick the year off with just a mellow i want i want like a mellow 2022 yeah i, I mean well no that's a lie because i have big expectations for the podcast in 2022 and so i want those to be big but those don't need to be all at once it could be spread out over the year yeah you true know? True. What were some of your favorite moments of the podcast experience of 2021? Crime Con. Yeah, Crime Con is pr- yeah. is pretty high on the list. It's pretty high, man. It's pretty. I mean, that was it was a fantastic time. Went to Crime Con. We did. We had we our ad played on my favorite murder. murder. Yeah, that was. Was I mean, that this that year? Was, I think so. I think that, that was, was like early this, this year. Right? Yeah, I think that was early this year. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's and, big. Uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, it's been it's been those two. That was a, two that moments. was a very very full circle experiment because yeah. experience because I can't even really stress to people enough how me and Fran were just two dudes who were listening to true crime podcasts. We trade them back and forth and be like, "You listen to this one? Mm-hmm. I listen to this one. Did you listen to this one?" And then we both at the same time got into my favorite murder. Yeah, and then we both were like, "They're very chill about this whole yeah. thing. Could we just do this?" But yeah. as black dudes, and, and like I think we talked about something, and then you mm-hmm. told me about it. Yeah, and then I just like. Binge though, I ran through the whole all of the episodes. Yeah, <laughs> just, I was like, "This shit is dope," and I was like, "I'll we need to do this." Yeah, because this is fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So to have it come full circle that way, and we end up being one of the ads played on their podcast, it was yeah. bananas. Absolutely fucking bananas. 
And so I would put that number one over Crime Con just because yeah, of me the, too. just because of the full circleness of it. Yeah. You know, it just was like very a completion of of a journey. But Crime Con was fun. It was fun. And I'm very excited for Crime Con twenty twenty two. Yeah. I'm trying to build the uh, anticipation to make sure that you aren't able to back out of doing karaoke <laughs> in Vegas. I'm I'm starting yeah, the propaganda campaign. Yeah, the propaganda campaign is in full swing. I don't think you're gonna be able to back but out of it. You don't need to do that though. I do. I feel like I do, though. No, I feel like no, I do. I feel like I need to do that. I need to make sure we Uber together to a karaoke place, and then I'm going to go on Instagram Live when we get there. I don't know. Maybe sure I, may, I, may least... go, I may go horse that day, man. No. You never know. No, no. Well, then you're going to do sign language or something. You're, gonna, you're not getting out of going on the stage and performing. And so you're going to do an interpretive dance, and I'm make sure I have at least 30 to 50 people on Instagram Live to back me. And be yeah. boo throwing tomato emojis. Get on the stage. <laughs> I'm gonna, this is going to be a very aggressive. This is not a supportive campaign. This is be. an aggressive you're going to fucking do it. Yeah. It's like a bully campaign. I'm bullying you. Uh, me and, and uh, several affirmative, the ones that aren't, haven't been tricked by your, your wizardry of fr- frenetics or whatever, the ones who are on my side, yeah. we're going to bully you into singing something. I don't think it's necessary, man. I think it is because I know you. I don't think it's necessary. No, I think it is because I know you. And you can play, I don't know. It's, it's cool. I find a way to cool, man. No, I find no, a way to no, get out why, you, why are you trying to find a way to get out of it? It's going to be a fun it. thing. We're going to do a fun thing. So somebody's going to be there where I can lean on and go, ah, leave him alone. I will assure you that I will <laughs> weed those people out so fast. But before I go to, you think I'm going to bring, you think I'm going to allow somebody to be on our bandwagon of people going to karaoke night that's going to be anti me bullying you to go on stage? Yeah. No, not a chance. Yeah. I will weed those people out so fast. <laughs> and I'll have people on my staff to also, oh, yeah, staff? yeah, I'm going to make sure I, I accrue a staff of free labor. Okay. To weed out people who are like, well, you shouldn't make people do things they don't want to do. If he yeah. doesn't want to sing, then don't make, get out <laughs> immediately. I'm going to have them just I'll clap my hands. Somebody just shoes them away. This is happening. I got to find a song that I want to do. That's what you should be doing now, man. Yeah. I'll send you some, I'll send you some playlists. I'll send you some, I just, I have songs in my mind that I'm like, Fran would crush this. So I'll start sending you those playlists yeah. and you can prepare and you can learn the lyrics now. The lyrics will be available at the thing, but yeah. you need to learn them now so you can get into the like, those moves and those little you know, those ad libby things. You don't want to just be going off the prompter. You want to know it by heart. And then that way you can really get lost in the experience. Yeah. That's what I want. I want a true performance. I don't want you up there <laughs> stiff and reading the words line by line. I want you to have a song that you know by heart and you just need to catch them, catch yourself, you know, from moment to moment mm-hmm. with, within, with, on the, with the words on the screen. But you know it really at the core yeah. of you. But no, Crime Con 2022, Las Vegas. I'm very excited. It's going to be a great time. Um, and yeah, man, 2021 has been a very enlightening year for me in a lot of ways and i have i have a lot of positive sights on 2022 i think that you know it's going to be a great year and so i I hope that i'm right and i hope that i'm not speaking negativity into existence by being optimistic but um yeah man that's all i really have i don't really there's a lot of shit going on in the world uh there's an, an investigation that's opened up down in georgia they've found like a slave ring of people making immigrant people pick fruit for like no money basically it's a whole thing it's absolutely it's absolutely terrible and um i don't feel like going into it it's 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 awful um so let's go (laughs) that's all i can really i don't really know how to what else to say about it it's awful and i don't really feel like going into it because it's just gonna make me bummed out don't blame you so let's go ahead and i don't even know if we have any shout outs but i can check it's a little slow right now it's christmas time i've told you this man you know people are out here getting gifts hustling scrambling trying to make a way yeah you know yeah 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 yeah. like for me this is just a bad time but for some this is what they call life okay. you know mm-hmm. who's that it's uh city high um i'm not even gonna huh. 
yeah this this is this is kind of this is kind of unfair this is wrong but we, we've rolled into it and so i'm not going to get through the whole fanfare because it's a short list but listen it's the last episode we name all of them well there's only three. Oh, so i just was like you know i'll just say them now okay say so hey grace grace m shout out to you don't get no music nothing you gonna no, do them like well, that you man me feel bad all right you're making me feel bad now. oh okay. man and this and see it's these little things you do that like makes people i look like the bad guy but they spend their hard on money you know what I'm saying? you can't give them the, you can't at least give them the well all right man I, i'm gonna play it i'm gonna change the music up a little bit i just don't have i can't look through my discography this is the first song that i had this is the last song i listened to um uh what is this <laughs> that's celine dion the power of love um but anyway there's no music more. it's music it's music it's no, great music no, 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 no. the music the music we use this is this is for patreon right yeah where's the patreon music I have to look. Oh man, it's music. You half-assing it today, man. Come on, get it together. Fine, fine. You don't want that. Who is this? Who, uh, this is Celine Dion. She's a legend. She's a Canadian legend. She's the. I know who she is. She's the Beyonce of Canada. Okay, fine. Uh, friend. Oh, friend. The man of the people. Oh, friend. He's Robin Hood. Whatever, man. Okay. I was trying to just go through. Here we go. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah, this was both our idea. Uh, you know, we got to I was just joking around. You know, we're always looking out for you guys. Up uh, first, we got Grace M. Shout out to you. You are a true saint to the podcast. We appreciate you. The patron saint of grace. Uh, up next, we got Ariel A. Shout out to you, Ariel. It's a, is that how you spell that? That name's a complicated name. But, you know, Little Mermaid. Yeah, you know, other people named Ariel. And lastly, we got Janice C. I don't know if it's Janice or Janice. Um, it's spelled like it could be either. I'm going to go with Janice. Just that's the safe bet. Shout out to you, Janice C. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season, non-denominational. We're not saying anything specific. Whatever it is that you celebrate. Hope you're having a great one. And we'll see you guys in uh, January. You happy now? There you go, man. That's how All you right, do it, man. I just wish for once you'd roll with me instead of the people. Just back me up, man. You're always like, no, man, you can't do that. The, the listeners. Fuck that. So no, nothing. I was just <laughs> I was about to say, fuck damn. Them, man. I'm it's not me, a- me and you. How long have you known me? How long have you known them? You know them, what, four years? You get a couple uh, messages from nice people. You're like, oh, I'm riding with them. I know you since you were 12, man. Snot nosed. Just- <laughs> You're supposed to ride with me. Fuck them. That's not going to help dirty, me in this man. whole campaign. Yeah, man. man. Fuck them. Doing that's dirty. crazy. That's, cra- that's a crazy thing to say. Buy yourself on that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just made myself the villain. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, you know, January, New Year, New Me. We're going to 2022. That's my New Year's resolution to not say fuck you to the people that support the yeah, podcast. Can't say that, like that, yeah. Hey, but we're gonna leave that in December. This will be the last. You know, we'll come into January with new energy and it'll be positivity. Yeah. But you know, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. My affirmative murder is uh, about the murder of David Willington Reed. Last story of 2021. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And a yeah to you as well. Yeah. So David Willington Reed was a 13-year-old boy in seventh grade in Silk Hill Haven Area Middle School who was murdered in 1995 by then 20-year-old Joseph Joe Geiger. So Reed and his siblings, James of Virginia, had begun had begun using marijuana from um, from young adolescents, and had even begun dealing it themselves during 1985. I mean, this is a dude was a young. This is a boy. He's a young kid. Yeah. 
On the night of August 21st, 1985, 13-year-old Reed left home on his bicycle to meet up with friends 20-year-old Joe Geiger and 14-year-old John F. Fry Jr. What a weirdo, though. 20-year-old? 20, 20 years old. Getting your weed from a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old? Hanging out with them is... Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. Like, Let's start there. That means he probably like hooks up with 13 and 14-year-old girls. But that is so gross. Yeah. That's so gross. I mean, you hanging out with these dudes, smoking weed, like... You don't have anything else to do? Nothing? Nothing. Uh, so he hung out with 14-year-old John F. Fry Jr. to drink beer and smoke pot in the abandoned caboose at the local train station. After a while, Geiger began to accuse Reed of stealing his illegally grown cannabis plants. Suddenly, Geiger stood up, shocked Reed and Fry by roundhouse punching Reed in the head. Roundhouse punching? Yeah. That's like a round, spinning back. roundhouse kick, but yeah. roundhouse punch another. Because a roundhouse is like you spin, you spin around and kick. So... Like a spinning back fist. Maybe he was watching some type of fight for yeah, some MMA like, shit. I'm gonna try this shit on him. You know, and that's you know what's fucked up is like he's so much older and bigger than them that he could just be like, I don't have to go regular fight. I could try some some new shit. Yeah, you know, because whatever I do is gonna work. Because that's a crazy a first house punch. That's a crazy first move to make when if you if you're in fear. If I really thought a guy could knock me out, I would never try some shit I'd never tried before. No spinning a roundhouse fist. No. That's crazy. You look stupid if you miss. Oh, you look really stupid, really stupid, and you get stomped out. But he's like, "This kid's thirteen. This kid's fourteen. He's twenty years old. This, this, these are kids, and you, as a grown, grown man, man. And put all you you, sp- you spinning, you building momentum. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No momentum. Hit, yeah. Hit and the then show. you knocking this kid out. Yeah. So he roundhouse punching Reed in the head, causing Reed to fall out of the caboose and slam his skull mm. into the metal rails of the train tracks. Oh Jesus! Reed was knocked unconscious, but was still breathing. Panicking and scared, Geiger dragged the teenager's body into the, the thicket where it was left to the elements and torn apart by dogs. Oh, what? Like feral yeah. dogs? Yeah. Well, I'll get to um, the dog part. You, when they say dogs, it has something to do with Geiger. Oh. Because he had dogs as well. Oh, shit. So Geiger told Fry to leave at this point. Fry, intimidated by the oldest boy's larger stature, I mean, this dude was a big dude, left. Fry did not participate in the actual murder and cover-up of the murder that followed. Years later, he admitted to police that he had no idea of Reed's death until Reed's body was discovered. Um, so Geiger then carried Reed's body a few hundred yards into the s- surrounding woods of Crisana, where he left the body. The location of Reed's body was less than 100 yards from the, from the Reed's home. However, the body was not discovered until December of 1985. Reed's mother called police when David failed to retu- return home the next day. Should have been the same day. That night or whatever. Um, but, you know, in, in, in their defense, though, if he left with friends, you think, you know, you give your kids that grace of like, the next maybe, day? They, maybe they stayed the night at their friend's house. Shit. Uh, 13 in the that's 80s? Diff- yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's we a different time. We weren't even alive, you know? That's like, different time. I hear, I hear stories. That's a different time. Kids, different time. kids had a lot more free reign back then. Yeah. Not, not now. No, no. My dad would be all over. Uh oh, I've been a part of those phone calls. Yeah, yeah. Well, you supposed to call me? Why didn't I get a phone call? Hey, I'm sorry. I got busy hanging up. Oh, you was busy, huh? Yeah. And that's just as a PSA to anybody listening that yeah. you know, still out there having fun and has to lie to their parents because they're not an adult fully. Include your friend on your lie. I guess this apply, applies to adults as well. <laughs> yeah. Include your friend in your lie because if they, if somebody's calling looking for them and you don't know that you're supposed to. You're there with you, allegedly. 
Then you, you, that's not your fault that the cover's blown. You can't, that person can't get mad at you if you go, they're not here. I haven't yeah. seen them in days. Yeah. Do, 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 have a nice night, you know, and then you get in trouble. That's not on me or any a, a person, just a person. Yeah. It's yeah. not on the person. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Include your friends in your lives. Yeah. When that happened to me, I didn't, you, you wouldn't be able to save me when that, when I was in that situation. Yeah. Because but your it, mom picked up the phone. Oh, your mom yeah. talked to my dad and your mom was like, yeah, he ain't here. He's not here. And. <laughs> there was no way uh you was gonna be able to like hey uh he was here but he left no but okay well not to not to blow up your spot but there's been this has happened on multiple occasions yeah no i have talked to your dad on the phone he has called me did he really yeah, yeah. i don't i you that's never told me this snowstorm you never that's told all me i'll that. say snowstorm that's when i got caught there was well, the I, I don't know who told you that he talked to my mom i talked to him he lied then yeah i i, I definitely talked to so him. what are you told him i wasn't there yeah i was like no he's not here <laughs> what <laughs> this is strike 15 you can't you can't don't put exclamations in your voice when you talk to that's crazy like that. you never told me this i was like no nah, he's not here this sir. is this is a news alert man <laughs> <laughs> this is breaking I thought, news. I thought this was I did not already know. established no, i was like breaking news. i was playing the game i was like not at all <laughs> didn't even didn't even hesitate didn't I was break. Like, look at this him here sir it's snowing outside no how would he ever get here there's a there's three feet of snow outside oh man he's definitely not here but have a nice night I can hold grudges, man. You know that, right? <laughs> okay, how long it's been? <laughs> you don't ask me for shit. Fucking <laughs> 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 guess. <laughs> Moving on. So in December of 1985, Geiger reported to the Soquel, Soquel Haven Police Department that over the course of three to four months, his two dogs had been retrieving bones from the woods of Fersana. Now, when he when the young kid was killed, yeah. um, David... Again, he said he was dragged out into the woods. Into a thicket. To the thicket and um, where his body was torn apart from elements and dogs. Yeah. Now, he was dra- his body was dragged close to Geiger's home in the area where his dogs play at. Mm. So maybe this was all like set up. And then he's like, and then after a while he goes, all right, I got to. I have to tell the police gotta, that I'm finding I gotta these do bones. Something. I got to do something. Was, well, I don't know. Maybe it was weighing on him after a while. I don't yeah. know. But he was like, hey, you know, my dog. What if he just, what if he like really forgot? Yeah, he's like, he, yeah, that means he's sadistic. Where he's like, my dog, he's finding all these fucking weird bones. Yeah. And accidentally snitched on himself. He called the police department um, over the course of three to four months. His two pet dogs had been retrieving bones from the woods where he often allowed them to play. Geiger said that he had no idea the bones were human until the dogs had brought back a human skull. Mm. The body was identified positively as that of David W. Reed by authorities. Police noted that the body was about a half mile from his bicycle because he was the one to report the discovery of Reed's body. Again, this is all in his plan. Yeah. Um, the authorities and Reed's family did not suspect Geiger played a role in Reed's death. In fact, authorities did not sus- suspect foul play at all. Although they did report that the death seemed suspicious, they were satisfied with the coroner's with a coroner's report at the University of Penn conclusion that Reed possibly had died from a previous undiagnosed diabetes complication upon autopsy. Mm, like he felt like he had a diabetic episode and fell and maybe hit his head or yeah. something. And they just accepted yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, like I don't blame, was, I don't blame them. I just was just clarifying. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying like for them to, to come up there and you go, what? It's like he had diabetes and nobody, and it was, they just never knew. Yeah. Oh, but, I thought that he, he it was undiagnosed. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then that's a big stress, a big jump then. Right. So maybe he had diabetes. That's a big what if. So because 
uh, David Reed. Yeah. Because David Reed came forward and he... No, 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 no. That's Joe Geiger. Joe I'm Geiger. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Joe, because Joe Geiger came forward mm-hmm. and made the discovery, quote unquote. Yeah. They were like, why would, a, why would a killer show us where the body is? Right. I guess that's clever. If it was done um, intentionally. I guess. Yeah. It's like the last person you suspect, suspect the is the person that put, pointed you in the direction. I guess you could say that back in this, I mean, was this the 80s? The 80s. Because he called, he like, oh, he didn't do anything. He just, he lives over here. His dog's over here. It's like, but where's the dude? Where's Fry? Where's, where's he at? Why didn't, you know? Well, they uh, didn't know. They didn't know. That I know. I'm just, I'm yeah, just yeah, saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so the actual case files ruled the death as undetermined in April of 1986. And the case laid cold for the next 20 years. In 2005, the Sokol the Haven Police Department decided to reopen the case of Reed's mysterious death per the request of Virginia Reed Meadows, who was Reed's sister. Mm-hmm. Meadows had died the year before, and police decided to finally ad- ad- adhere to her pleas. Unfortunately, she wasn't be able to, to live out you know, what happens because she wanted the case reopened, but she ended up passing yeah. a year before they reopened the case. So this is a, this, the surviving members of Reed's family were pleased with the decision to officially reopen the case, saying the original inf- investigation had been inadequate. Corporal Robert S. Bettner was assigned to the investigation. He discovered inconsistencies with the Geiger's, with Geiger's testimonies during the initial investigation and dug deeper into the case. So Geiger, now 43, was unemployed and residing in nearby Pottsville with a wife and a young son, and Bettner decided to redo the investigation from scratch. So new testimonies from multiple friends of Geiger's confessed that Geiger had mentioned, you know, when people do shit like this, it's like, you know, they felt like, it's kind of like they, um, they like, they needed to tell somebody so they can feel just like, you know, I'm the shit. Yeah. Don't fuck with me. And just to be joking and shit. It's like, and then people go, huh. He guy was like, uh, he says like, uh, like a joke, just killing somebody. And then you just like, you there here and you like, yes, that's funny. You go. And then you leave the party like. That was weird. That was weird. There's a whole movie. Ba- there's a whole movie based on this. It's called The Drop. It's uh, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini and Tom Hardy. They own a bar together, but they're in the mob. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy in the movie who keeps harassing this girl. And he I te- think you told me about this. Didn't you? Oh, it's so good. I probably have told you about it. But he keeps telling everybody in the neighborhood, "Yo, I killed this dude." Yeah, you named- told me. But yeah, I remember. I, ca- this. Yeah, I killed yeah. this kid named Richie Wheeler. I, ke- I killed. And he's like using it so people are scared of him. Yeah. He's like, I, you know, I killed Richie Wheeler. And then the last ten minutes of the movie, uh. He says that to Tom Hardy's character because mm-hmm. he's robbing the bar. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I kill people, man. So you need to give me the money right now. And he's like, yeah, I know. You said you killed Richie Wheeler, right? He's like, yeah, I killed him. Da, 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 da. He's like, no, I killed Richie Wheeler. He's in my basement right now in a, in, a, in a drum with lie in it. So his body dissolved. And the guy's like, no, man, I did that. He's like, okay, cool. And then he kills that dude. It's so like a M. Night Shyamalan movie? No, it's just, oh. it's just like a slow-paced mob movie. But it's about a guy who it's almost like Rocky, but the mob. I like so, I love mob movies, but they just so damn long. Yeah, this one's this one's definitely slow, but the acting is brilliant. Like yeah. James Gandolfini, Tom Hardy's great, but it is that whole thing of like oddly criminals want to brag, but they know they know can't it. fully they can't fully brag, so they have to know who they're bragging to, and also be a little discreet and say it in little coded ways yeah. and stuff. This because they want yeah. the street cred. They want yeah, the street cred. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so he said testimonies from multiple friends of Geiger's confessed that Geiger had mentioned throughout the years, the years things that alluded to him killing Reed. In 2007, Christopher uh, Mager, 
told troopers that Geiger had told him at a party some years ago that Geiger had jokingly told him while high on cocaine, if you ever want to murder somebody, do it in Soquel County because you can get away with it. Uh, Mager said that when he asked Geiger who he had killed, Geiger had told him, Reed. Mm. Some friends also recall that in 1985, around the time Reed allegedly began stealing marijuana from Geiger, that Geiger had sworn he was going to murder whoever was stealing the drugs and that he was determined to figure out the culprit. Fry, then 37, confessed to, pol confessed to police that he believes he was an eyewitness to the murder of Reed and gave the investigators his side of the story. He made clear that he did not participate in actual death or cover-up and had not known Geiger had actually killed Reed until Reed's body was discovered in December of 1985. He was admitted, he also admitted he had previously lied to the police about his whereabouts and knowledge of Reed's disappearance and death in the initial investigation. So well, I would assume that he probably threatened him, I don't think. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say that tells me that but even if, if he threatened him, then that tells me then that he did know. If they were looking for him during his disappearance and the last time you saw him, he's like, his head's cracked open on some train tracks and he yeah. gets sent home and then he's never seen again. And then he says, oh, I didn't know until they found his body years later that he died. It's like, no, I mean, you knew he's disappeared. Maybe he, he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know. Though. Maybe he didn't know he died, though. Maybe he probably, he probably saw. It's, it obviously becomes a murder after you know he died, but, but in the moment, he probably like, I didn't know. Yeah, but I'm saying this like he disappeared. Murder, so you th you think you give him enough credit to say that he saw this kid get hurt, but then unrelated, he disappeared on some other thing, and that kid that was able to justify that in his mind and believe that. Well, I think he, I think they went to him and was like, "No, when the last time you see, I didn't. When the last time did you see Reed? But I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. I I'm not going to tell him I was smoking weed on a train with him. Right. I right. Okay. Because he said he lied. He lied about his whereabouts. He mm -hmm. didn't. So he probably was like, I don't know where he was. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, so at the request of police, Soquel County Coroner David Dukovich petitioned that Soquel County Court of Common Pleas for an order to exhume Reed's body for, the, for further examination. Upon receipt of the order by Judge Jacqueline Russell, Reed was exhumed from his resting place at Soquel Memorial Park to have a second autopsy done on January 24, 2008. Um, the autopsy was done by Dr. Anthony Falsetti, an anthropologist at the University of Florida, who concluded that Reed had actually died of head trauma and noted that his skull was fractured. Mm. Now, when I, I've heard this multiple times in cases. Why isn't the the first autopsy they do, why isn't that guy like in, in trouble, in or, trouble something? or something? Well, that does happen sometimes. It does? If there's a pattern. But there has to be a track record. Like you can't just get in trouble because you made one oversight and maybe... You just wanted to get a conclusion quickly, and because it was easy to just look at it at a glance, you just go, oh, ugh, diabetes? That's crazy. That was That's not even close, though. Yeah, no, very true. But it, it, there has to, I think there has to be a, you can, I think everybody, especially when it's years later, this person could have retired, or uh, the person might not even be doing the job anymore. I get it. But, like, they can't just be like one, I don't know if one mistake it gets somebody their job lost. But I get it if, if, if the first autopsy the guy was like, oh, yeah, he had a fractured skull, but it wasn't. Head trauma that killed him. Yeah, like or you saying like else he, did, he didn't even notice the he didn't even, skull. right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah diabetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what? Yeah, to, to not even close. to not even notice the fractured skull is, is pretty egregious. I, I'll give you that. For yeah. Sure. So this match with Fry's description of Reed hitting his head on the tracks, which would have had enough impact force to fracture Reed's skull. Mm. 
Investigators then begin to build a solid case against Joe Geiger. Uh, so Joe Joe Geiger was arrested in his home in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, a town near Sokil Haven. Upon a arrest, he denied all involvement and and instead pinned Fry as the murderer. Police did not believe him. Geiger said, I didn't do it. I didn't admit to nothing. Police say that when they informed Geiger of the charges against him, Geiger began to cry and said that he could not afford a lawyer. One will, one will be appointed to you, so yeah. it's fine. Police believe Geiger was abusing um, meth at the time of his arrest and subsequently had not slept for days. Police and a district attorney, James Goodman, would not publicly release details of their evidence against Geiger besides witness testimonies but did report that Joe Geiger was able to account for all of the known injuries to Dave, to David Reed before the police or other medical experts were able to determine it. I love when they do that. That's like one of my favorite things when they go into investigating when the person they are pursuing gives like evidence or yeah. whatever. And they go, Oh, that hasn't even come out yet. Mm, like how would you know that? Right. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. when they do that. Yeah. Geiger was held without bail until his trial. He pleaded guilty on all charges and as part of the plea agreement, the charges of aggravated assault and third-degree murder were dropped against him. Aggra aggravated assault was uh, amended to simple assault, and Geiger was found guilty. Part of his sentence was that he had to pay for the reburial of Reed. Uh, prosecutors don't believe Geiger intended to kill Reed, but medical experts believe that if he had sought help for Reed immediately, the brown-haired, blue-eyed teen might have survived. So, so he didn't go to prison. Now, this is what I was trying to figure out because I'm gonna finish. Let me finish this part, and I'm gonna finish what I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, said that he might the team might have survived, according to Assistant District Attorney AJ Serena. Geiger used to visit Reed's grave and even got a job at the cemetery where he was buried, indicating remorse. Serena said, "I think there's a sense of relief for Joe Geiger." He said. Now. I, when I read that, I was like, because the articles I looked at, it's, there's no sentencing. There's no, yeah. he did this many years or whatever. Yeah. I couldn't find that nowhere. And then when I read this part, I go, what the fuck? What happened then? Yeah. We had to pay to rebury him. Nothing. That's in there. For that to be there and then not be followed by, and he was given 25 years. Nothing. It doesn't make any sense. For that to be there tells me that that's the only thing he was punished for. Or that was his, you know, that was his punishment. He's for got, he got charged for simple assault. That was it. But because that tells me him telling the other kid to go tells me that he probably sat there and watched him die. And then once he was dead, he put him in the bush. So he, he hid the body. I mean, it's not tampering, like tampering with a crime scene, something. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, he did work at the uh, cemetery, so he's sorry. Sure. Fine. Right. A fine. A fine. You got to pay, pay for the reburial. So the case, the case of Reed's mysterious death had rattled the small town of so Sokol Haven, 75 miles north of uh, Philadelphia, for nearly 24 years. It was the town's largest and most mysterious case ever and was the oldest homicide to be solved. And that was my story. His sentence was the guilt of what happened to this kid for 23 years. That's what his sentence was to have to live with that for 23 years. That's disgusting. And I don't agree with that at all. Absolutely. Guilt or whatever. That's yeah. Okay. That's sad, but he wasn't sentenced to anything. Yeah. 
if that's what if that's what happened. Yeah. If that's what you're reading and telling me, he had to be out if he had got a job at the fucking. I don't know. That's just that's that sounds crazy. Yeah, I, that's um, I don't like that. He's bragging his shit. Fuck out of here. Nah, not with fuck that, that guy, man. Yeah, fuck that guy for sure. Um, yeah, damn. Yeah, that was fucked up, man. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, my last affirmative murder of the year 2021 is a Christmas-themed story. Okay. I wanted to go Christmas-themed, and it is the story, the, the awful story of the downtown posse. Downtown posse. Downtown posse. So, Fran, Marvelous Keen was the... It was the <clears throat> Marvelous. Off air, I choked on some juice, so it caught up with me. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, Marvelous. His name is Marvelous. A government name. That is not a nickname. That's not a street name. Mm-hmm. That is his mother named... This person, marvelous. So confidence. That's a lot of confidence in the, the child you birth. Yeah. Marvelous. Like he was going to be a great human being. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. He didn't <laughs> end up being that at all. He ended up being like the opposite of that. He's yeah. awful. Um, he was the head of a group of juveniles and young adults who dubbed themselves the downtown posse in Dayton, Ohio. Mm. Dirty Dayton. Uh, they spent most of their days bumming money on the courthouse square. And it was 19-year-old Marvelous Keen, as well as three others, his girlfriend, Laura Taylor, who was 16 years old, uh, 20-year-old Heather Matthews, and 17-year-old Demarcus Smith. This was the downtown posse, mm, okay. headed by Marvelous. So it was two guys and two girls? Two guys and two girls, but only two of them were in a sexual relationship. That was Marvelous and Laura. Okay. Things escalated from their panhandling ways down on uh, Courthouse Square when over Christmas weekend, from December 24th to December 26th of 1992, Six people were left dead at the hands of the of Marvelous and the Damn. downtown posse. Six. Six people. Marvelous' 16-year-old girlfriend, Laura Taylor, pumped the group's head up before their killing spree by proclaiming, let's get some drama in our lives. All right. That was like her, her battle cry before they went out and did all this horrible shit. So she yelled that and they were like, yeah, let's get some drama. Joseph Wilkerson was their first victim. On that Thursday, December 24th, Laura came up with the idea to offer Joseph an orgy in exchange for money. She asked 20-year-old Heather Matthews to join her. Once inside his home, they tied him to a bed with electrical cords and then let Marvelous in, who used a 32 caliber caliber Derringer to shoot their victim. And then Laura proceeded by shooting him a second time in the head with a 25 caliber caliber gun. So, I mean, was it in the area where it's like, you know... But it's like sex workers or something like that. I don't know. They, I mean, it's Dayton, Ohio. I'm not really familiar, but they were just they were choosing their victims at random for the most part. That's but they I were mean, also it, it was calculated and random. It was chaos. It was a spree. They were doing whatever they wanted. Grudge list. They were scratching people off their grudge list. They were also robbing people who they did who they didn't know. So they didn't know Joseph. But I mean, like to come up to mind, like you wouldn't have an orgy and like somebody. I think they just were young girls and they saw this guy and maybe they thought that would work. Like use our feminine ways to get into his house and they're basically offer him sex yeah but i mean like come on man that's too good to be true to be well listen man, i think you're i think you're giving men too much credit and if a couple of pretty girls come up to you there's a whole movie uh, i hate to keep taking everything in the movies and i can't remember the name of the movie but keanu reeves did a movie with uh about a guy whose family went away on vacation and then two girls came in the rain and were like i, hey. saw, that. I saw that movie yeah they're like hey can we come in it's raining out that, here that was like, a stupid movie yeah sure that. come on in i hated that movie <laughs> and then they like murdered him or something like yeah that. but that's men though that movie's not unbelievable i get that but before he wasn't he was he was he was doing what men do man he was he was being sure loyal uh we'll move on <laughs> he wasn't 
Yeah, I mean, he was fighting the urge, man. But you know, but he still ended up trying. He he had sex with him. Yeah, but he. Come on, man. You seen the movie? I did. Yeah, he helped him out with clothes and stuff. And, and they, Armas is in it. Hello. And uh, they they did him dirty, man. That wasn't right. They did him I, dirty. I, I saw that movie. Oh, they they murdered him. Yes, but like their plan worked. If they weren't pretty girls soaked in the rain and knocking on his door, he wouldn't have let them in the house. If those are two dirty ass dudes who just got off a shift working for AAA. He would have been like, yeah, you guys wait out here and you guys can use my phone on the curb. You don't know that. He's been a nice guy, man. I don't know it, but I do know it. But he's been a nice guy. I'm just excited we both seen that movie. Yeah, I'm actually, you know, (laughs) for all the movies, it's interesting. You see, I completely forgot about that. If you would have showed me, like, if you would have brought that title up, I would have been like, never seen it in my life. Never seen it. (laughs) 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 Well, yes. Well, they they did to this man what that movie, the plot of that movie was. And it worked. So, you know, listen, I know, you know, I know, I know you're trying to be, you know, he man with woman hating club over there and everything. Out in the street. I didn't say it was out in the street. It could have been oh. right out in front of his house. It was honest. They got into his house. So I don't know if they were somewhere far from his house and he drove them back or if they were right outside of his house and they were like, hey, you want to have an orgy, man? And he's like, yeah, okay, sure. And then he let him in. Whatever they said, it worked. Right. They got in the house. They tied him to the bed. They let their fucking squad in, the two dudes, and then they murdered this dude. And they stole his money and they stole his car. Damn. And then in his car, they went on a joyride to, to commit more crimes. So they committed all these. They went out to commit more crimes, all while Joseph Wilkerson lied dead on the, in his bedroom, on mm-hmm. his, tied to his mattress. Crazy. The group tried and failed to rob another person before targeting Danita Galetta, an 18-year-old high school senior and mother who was in a phone booth making a phone call. While Danita was on the phone, the posse walked up and said, Merry Christmas, bitch. No. And began shooting her. They shot her nine times in the phone booth. And I know that that's like. Phone booth? What year was this? Yeah, it was 1992. Very long time ago. Pay phone. Yeah, pay phones, phone booths. These were all still things. So for people who, I don't know, listening to this who don't remember somehow. Pay phone. Of pay phone. There's still remnants of pay phones are like um, fossils. You can still see like. Just the outline. Just the outline yeah. or like there's no phone from it. You're like, Crazy. what's that? They're still like around like relics. But phone booths, you don't see those anymore. No. But a phone booth was just a booth with a payphone inside of it if you wanted to make a private phone call. Yeah. And she was inside of one of those That's because crazy. it was 1992 making a phone call. And they went up to the thing, to the booth, and they shot her multiple right. times. Uh, they walked Jesus. away from that carnage with a pair of gym shoes and roughly 5 to $6 worth of, of items. They killed an 18-year-old mother. For six dollars worth of stuff like her book bag and shit and some sneakers. Later, the group would go on to admit that they saw her fila tennis shoes and decided they wanted them. What? So they picked her because of the shoes that they saw, and that was the only reason that she was their victim. I mean, but at least just just rob, rob her, strong arm rob her. I'm sure she would have taken her shoes right off. Absolutely. But the point is that these people were on a carnage spree. They they wanted to commit violence, and I'll continue. This is far That's from being crazy, over. Man. Keep in mind, also, this is Christmas Eve that they did this. So yeah, they were on a they were on a spree of carnage. It wasn't like they just wanted fila shoes. They were like, we want to hurt people and get stuff, and we're having yeah, fun. It wasn't and, just the shoes. Yeah, they were having a good. They were having way. fun doing this. So when police arrived, they found the area around the victim covered in blood and 25 caliber blazer aluminum bullet shell casings all over the scene. Mm-hmm. But the posse had already moved on to their next victim. Jeffrey Wright was shot four times while standing outside of 157 Yuma Place. He was the first victim to survive. Jeffrey wasn't a random mark, though, friend. He had a personal connection to the group. He was the ex-boyfriend of posse member Heather Matthews. That's the other girl. That's the other girl. Okay. 
It was 17-year-old Demarcus Smith who pulled the trigger four times, hitting Jeffrey in the legs. Mm. He was able to escape to a neighbor's house and get help. Good. So he survived. Yeah. But the crew apparently had enough of the drama for one Christmas Eve, so they called it a night, packed it in, you know, hey, that's enough. Good night, guys. Have a, we had fun. And the violence then bled over into the next day, Christmas Day, friend. My, my first Christmas. This was my first Christmas when this was happening. My first Christmas, Richard Maddox was shot once in the head while driving his car Damn. and consequently crashed, crashed his car. He died instantly from the, gun, from the gunshot wound. This victim was Laura's ex-boyfriend. So she has a, she's dating Marvelous and still decided this guy wronged her or maybe whenever him and Marvelous see each other, there's like animosity or they're shit talking or something and they were like, let's kill him. So Laura lured Richard from his parents' house. Keep in mind, it's Christmas Day. Oh, this is a setup. It's Christmas Day. Yeah, she called, hey, I broke up with, with Matt Marvelous. Stupid name. Broke up with Marvelous. Let's talk. Let's, let's hang out. It's Christmas Day, but, you know, he still has feelings maybe it's and bad. whatever. And so he comes out of his parents' house on Christmas Day, probably just opened up some presents, you yeah, know, man. having a whole... It's Christmas Day. And, you know, probably still has feelings for this girl. So he comes out, gets in the car with her. They go for a drive. And he, he, he was none the wiser for a bit. He was just enjoying hanging out with her. And he didn't know the group was following him for a bit. But then eventually he did notice that, they, that he was being followed and he got nervous and tried to lose them. Laura Taylor then pulled out a gun and put the, mm. put the gun to his right temple and fired. And then as the car was about to crash, she jumped out. Sad. So they were just, this was mania. Like they were just, they were living in like a dream. They were doing whatever they wanted to. None of the rules applied. They were doing Grand Theft Auto shit. She jumped out of a car after fucking blowing some dude's brains out. And not just some dude, a dude that she dated yeah. who she now has some kind of grudge towards. And then, then told, then suggested to her posse that they kill this dude. And then she shot him and then dove out of the car while it was still moving. So that was the only plan on the agenda for that day on Christmas Day. They probably had to go, you know, Christmas dinner with their families. Well, they had to get one in, huh? Yeah, they just had to get one in. had an itch that they had to scratch. So the following day, which is the day after Christmas, Sarah Abrams was working at a family-owned store called the Shortstop Mini Market on 1201 West 5th Street in Dayton, Ohio, when the killers entered. Like the Christmas Day execution... Laura Taylor seemed to be the one leading the group and picking their victims once again. She entered the shortstop mini market and cased the place after DeMarcus and Marvelous came in. So DeMarcus and Marvelous come in doing the whole we're just customers thing. She comes in, scopes out who's in there, how many customers are there, if anybody has weapons, that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. She comes in and scopes the place out. And then after she, she cased the place, they decided to shoot Sarah Abrams in the face. And then they shot a customer named Jones Pettis. Sarah died five days. Jones is the first name. Jones is his first name. That's the first I've heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was odd. His name is Jones Pettis. Sarah died five days later. Jones survived. So marvelous shot Sarah Abram twice in the face. They go. They headshots. It's brutal. It's brutal violence. That's all they're doing. It, it's it's not subtle. They're not just robbing people. What is and beating this gun they got? A derringer. But yeah, he shot her in the face twice. The casings would match the other scenes, so they left the casing. So I would assume it's some kind of revolver, but I don't know. The customer... It's like a little, one of them Luaz Western guns. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's a revolver? Um, No. Okay, well, it's a little gun, though? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so they had two guns, and they used, they used them for immense violence. You, you can fit this in your pocket. That's scary. Yeah. So you wouldn't even suspect anything. So the customer received a shot in the hand and the gut. 
And friend, I'm just speculating here, but whenever I hear about hand wounds, um, they're typically defense wounds. So I feel like he possibly was shot once in the stomach, fell to the ground, and then they probably stood over him to shoot him in the head, and he put his hand up in defense, and they shot through his hand. That's my speculation, but I'm going off of that because they have literally shot just about every one of their victims in the head, mm. um, except for the young lady who was in the phone booth. She was shot multiple times, but Joseph was shot in his bed in the head, um, Sarah Abrams was shot twice in the head, and the young lady's ex-boyfriend Richard was shot to the side of his temple. So yeah, this gun is only good for close range. Six feet, six feet. That's it. Six feet and closer. Well, then, so if they were standing over him a little further than that, he put his hand up. They might have meant to shoot him in the head, and then when the bullet went through his hand, they were like, "It probably got him in the head too." Yeah. And then they left. I, I don't. I don't know if they left knowing he was still alive. I don't feel like. I don't feel like they did. Mm. After fleeing that scene. The posse ended up on Salem Avenue, where a young woman was putting air in her tires. They approached her with guns drawn, and the woman fled, which is probably the only reason that she survived, because she ran. Uh, they stole her black Dodge Shadow. After Dayton police noticed a black Dodge Shadow that matched the description of a stolen vehicle, the posse were pulled over and arrested in possession of several weapons. According to Sergeant John Huber, the officer that made the traffic stop, they all cooperated and put their hands up. He says, I was later informed to find out from detectives that Laura Taylor told Marvelous Keen to shoot me and he wouldn't. Mm. So they weren't planning on going to prison. Yeah. But Marvelous just was too scared to shoot a police officer. That's the only reason they, they were brought in that night. After they were arrested, a minister came to visit Laura, visit Laura Taylor when he found out that she was only 16 years old. She gave him information about where to find two more victims. Wendy Cottrell and Marvin Washington. Marvelous decided that the pair knew too much, Fran. You see, they were also members of the downtown posse, but they weren't along for the ride this night. Mm. So they were telling them everything that they were doing over the, over the weekend. Yeah. And then I guess when stuff got a little too intense, they felt like they had told them too much. So Marvelous decided that it was time to silence them. Oh, shit. They told the two soon-to-be victims that they, were, they all just wanted to hang out and party in order to get them in the car with them. A short while later, Marvelous pulled the car over into a gravel pit. How did he find out again? I'm sorry. Find out what? That they was they was they was telling. No, no, they weren't telling. Oh, they was. They oh, were okay. just telling oh, them okay. like, yeah, you know, we killed this dude a couple days oh, okay, ago, gotcha. robbed the oh, store. They feel like, oh, we told and him I too much. I think that gotcha. as the body started to pile up, and you know, there's okay. just panic and you know paranoia. They were like, we have two people who probably can't hold water, so they need to go. That's they, that's our fault. Stupid. For, for, for telling like, them yeah yeah of course yeah. On, hey you know we did this and this and it was like oh shit we how many stories have we done where we're like why would you tell that to somebody and why would you think that person would be cool yeah about knowing that I'm now they the killed us immediately <laughs> you guys are going to jail tonight and, instead but, they held water for a couple of days and yeah. then it, it allowed the the downtown posse to get paranoid and go we told them what we did i would immediately make it clear to them i wish you wouldn't have told me that no because now you're going that. well it, in this case, it doesn't matter because if you would have gone, man, that's tight. They still would have left and then pondered on it and been like, we shouldn't have told him that. We and then you don't him. go hang out. We don't go hang out with him. That's part. Yeah. You know something? That's a good point because they did say, hey, hey, man, we're just going get, to get drunk. Yeah. And they were like, no. okay. Now you know what they're capable of. And it's like, yeah. They just sat here and yeah, at the very nah. least, at the very least, the night that you tell me that is the last time I'm that ever hanging out with you alone, not around other witnesses and stuff. That's the last time that happens. So, yeah, I'm not blaming them, but I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have got in the car with right. them. I don't care how good the party is. But they probably know where they live at and all kinds of shit, so yeah. you never know. 
So like I said, he, you know, they said, hey, we just want to party. They ended up getting in the car with them. And then a short while into the drive, Marvelous pulled over the car into a gravel pit and ordered Wendy and Marvin to get out. He then told DeMarcus to shoot the two of them. Well, he and DeMarcus shot the two of them. So he got his hands dirty for sure. He didn't yeah. just like tell them. They both shot one, one each or both. They both shot both of them. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Laura Taylor and DeMarcus Smith were juveniles at the time of the killing spree and thus ineligible for the death penalty. Heather Matthews was indicted on two capital murder charges, but was granted a plea agreement in exchange for her testimony against Marvelous Keene and Taylor and Laura Taylor. DeMarcus Smith, uh, Laura Taylor and Heather Matthews are all currently serving prison sentences in excess of 100 years. Mm. Marvelous Keene was sentenced to death for being the ringleader in the murders of Joseph Wilkerson, Danita Gullett, Sarah Abraham, uh, Wendy Cottrell, and Marvin Washington. Good. Uh, he was sentenced the following December, so a year later. He was executed on July 21st, 2009. His final meal, Fran, was a porterhouse steak with A1 sauce, <laughs> a pound of jumbo fried shrimp with cocktail sauce, french fries, and onion rings with ketchup, I personally think onion rings deserves its own sauce, not ketchup, but whatever. Dinner rolls and butter. Damn. Two plums. A plums. mango. A pound of seedless white grapes. German chocolate. White grapes. White grapes. German chocolate cake. Two bottles of Pepsi and two bottles of A&W cream soda. Look at this. No way he finished all that. He did the best that he could, and I'm sure he shit it all out on that table or electric chair or whatever they put him in in 1990. Or 2009, he, was, he got lethal injection for sure. Yeah, but I've said this on multiple occasions. If I was on death row and I was being put to death, fill me to the brim. Really? I want to be bursting at the scenes. I want to be uncomfortably full. I want to eat everything that I want to eat and be in that pain. You know that pain, almost like you're sick when you're so full, sweating, and then take me down. No to, way to, you would. No way you, would, you wouldn't have appetite. No way. No way. That's a good point. I've never, <laughs> will never, and have never been in this situation, but it's the last thing you're going to do. I'd try to uh, uh, choke down some porterhouse steak. I couldn't do it, man. I, I wouldn't be able to eat. You're gonna go to you're gonna go to die hungry. That's that's all that's on my mind. Me not <laughs> trying to uh, satisfy my appetite before I'm dying is gonna be on my mind. I'm like, oh, this is about to be it. See, that's where we that's where we that's where we have to part ways. It'd be on my mind all day, but then when that f the things that you specialty ordered come get wheeled in that's for for a brief moment, it'll all go away. I go tuck my napkin in, into my uh, shirt. Yes, I love How do you get happy, man? <laughs> I don't understand that. I love food, you're man. You're about I'm a to die. I'm a foodie, you're man. You're about to die, man. Your last <laughs> breath is counting down. You ready? I'd be distracted briefly. It's crazy. I'm like, okay, is that crab meat stuffed rockfish? Okay. Excited. Making noises and stuff. Eating food. Doing a little food dance. Look at this fucking <laughs> I got the, I'm holding my fork off. I'm like, I'll take some of that. You do that. I'm trying to, I'm experimenting stuff. I'm take this fried broccoli, put it over here with the calamari. That's crazy. Mm -mm, some gabagool. I couldn't do it, man. Oh yeah. I mean, I'd be able to distract myself for a bit. I think so. <laughs> I think so. You gonna let all that good food go to waste now? And people are starving in other countries. You're not thinking about any of that. You're like, oh, I'm man. fucking dying. I'm about to eat all these white grapes. Right. <laughs> cream soda and shit. Yeah. Such a specific request. Two bottles. I need A&W cream soda, please. Yeah. Two don't bottles. Of, don't get me into that. Don't get me into that A and W root beer <laughs> bullshit. I want the cream stuff. Make it happen. I'm gonna combine the cream soda with the Pepsi. Make cream Pepsi. He was doing his whole thing. Oh, what's the cutoff though? Well, I want to know when he goes. I'm like, sure they. That's well, listen. This is a lot, right? Who asked I for know, more? Than this? Be like, 
Who asked for more than this, Fran? He got this much. I mean, I think you can get whatever you want. Really? Let me read it again. He got, first of all, he eats his steak with A1 sauce. What an animal. So he got, he got porterhouse steak with What's A1. What's that? If you get a steak good enough, you don't need to put sauce on it. You don't need to put A1 sauce on it. Uh, so he got a porterhouse steak with A1 sauce. A pound of jumbo fried shrimp with cocktail sauce. <laughs> French fries and onion rings with ketchup. Dinner rolls and butter. Two plums. What? A mango. <laughs> That's a hard thing to eat. You know, you got to really know how to eat a mango to yeah. enjoy it. Uh, a pound of seedless white grapes. It's a very indulgent request. I don't know. It sounds like something like Greece, Grecian people eat. That's like very fancy. I want a pound of seedless white grapes and a boy in a, in a robe to feed them to me as he hangs them over my head. Uh, German chocolate cake and two bottles of Pepsi and two bottles of A&W cream soda. That's a fucking fat list. So I don't, I don't think you can ask for much Isn't more than that. Off? It can't be. Listen, what I just read you. Pounds of food. He got a pound of jumbo shrimp and a pound of white, white grapes. So that's already two pounds of food right there. But I'm saying they must have been like, oh, that's enough. Oh, you think you think the list is like, and then you think it was like, and A and W cream soda, and they were like, nope, no, that's it, that's you're done. Yeah. I said, no, but but when I finish, I want a root beer float. I'm like what? Say like, no, that's it, that is enough. Ice cutting cream sundaes. Cutting shit. off at the cream soda. I want. I, I want dessert. seven. I want, I want dessert. I want seven Neapolitan ice cream sandwiches. No, that's it. Cut them off at the cream soda. That's it. It's all he's getting. So we ate all that stuff, and then they fired him up, sent him down to hell. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, marvelous King was he was uh, he was sentenced to death on July twenty first, two thousand nine. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, that was the that was the downtown posse massacre, man. It was it they they're called the I think it's called the Christmas murders. Uh, Dayton Dayton Ohio still has not recovered from this. It's been twenty five years really? since this happened, and they still yeah. talk about it every year. This was crazy. It's, Dayton Ohio isn't the biggest place, and you know Christmas is forever synonymous with this horrible night. You know, yeah. So you know, rest in peace to all the victims of this senseless That's violence. Crazy. Most of it was random, and then the others were vindictive, weird thing. Like they're all they were all teenagers. Yeah. So even you know, Laura Taylor breaks up with this guy Richard. What did he? How mad could you have been at Richard to blow his brains out in his car? You know what was the argument over? You guys broke up, and then you started dating Marvelous, and you're mad enough to kill him. Uh, the other Heather, Heather, the girl Heather. She she shots her she shoots her boyfriend or she has Demarcus shoot her boyfriend in the legs four times. What over what? He cheated on you. Like what is really what happened? You know, like f- for these petty senseless things, these kids went out and committed horrible violence against people. It, it's just senseless, man. So rest in peace to all the victims of their carnage. And yeah, let's uh go ahead and get That's into crazy, the man. let's go ahead and get into the final good vibes of twenty twenty one. That's right, folks. It's time for the final Good Vibes segment of 2021. I want to kick things off by giving a big-time shout-out to Amanda Jacobson from the Wine and Crime Podcast, a good pal of mine. She inspired me to, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did a show me your embarrassing email emo photos, and we'll make a donation to the Innocence Project. We ended up donating about 200 bucks to the Innocence Project because of the people, the amount of people that showed us some embarrassing photos. I appreciate everybody who did that. That was super cool. But then Amanda was, she put out like a, a statement with uh, like a paramedic or somebody that works for like emergency response to implore people to donate to buy um, gloves and hats and stuff for homeless people because it's cold. It's getting cold, you know, yeah. Christmas time. 
And so because of her her generosity and her using her platform for good, I decided to follow her sentiment and I bought like a hundred pairs of gloves and hats and uh, those neck things, those little neck scarves, not scarves, but like the neck, whatever the hell the thing is. And um, we're able to do stuff like that and make donations like that because of the people that support the podcast. So, you know, this is a donation by the entire Affirmative Murder podcast team. That includes the listeners. So um, I'm going to bag those up in some Christmas bags and uh, take those down to a local shelter. And just I implore people and suggest to people, if you have uh, some money to spare, just buy a couple of beanies, a couple hats, a couple gloves, you know, and give them, to, give them to your local shelter or a homeless person that you see might maybe on the side of the road or something like that. Because it, it, you really take for granted when you get cold and when you have a place to go to warm up. Yeah. You know, like people that really have to brave the elements a hat could make the a world of a difference. Some gloves can make the world of a difference. So, uh, yeah. So that's my little PSA to people. And once again, shout out to Amanda Jacobson. Much appreciated for the inspiration. <clears throat> so, Fran, my good vibes is a little different, but it's on brand with what's coming in 2022 for us. Okay. So uh, my good vibes story this week is, for the final week of 2021, is about a Chinese rover that spotted a weird large cube on the moon. Mm. Okay, so a lunar rover has spotted a a strange cube shaped object and will alter its official course to check it out, needing about two to three months to arrive to the location of this cube. Official observations suggest that it could be a rock thrust upward from the impact of an asteroid that clearly landed next to it or a technical relic from a previous human exploration or hopefully perhaps something that can't be explained. The infrequency with which we visit outer space and the extreme requirements of such travel and the inspiration that are required to do so make everything about it more intense. The joys are more joyous, the achievements are more celebrated, and the, and the mysteries are more intriguing. The Chinese U-22 lunar rover spotted a bizarre shape in its cameras while traversing a C-shaped enclosure and made a ferocious impact crater on the moon on the moon's far side. Um, I say all this to say this. I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen in the next two or three months when they go check it out. Could be nothing. But Fran and I started a podcast. We've mentioned it, Conspiracies. Yeah. And my next conspiracy that I'm going to come to bring to Fran coincidentally happens to be about the moon landing. So I was very excited when I saw this. So maybe I'll use this as some evidence to make mm-hmm. my argument. You now heard it a little bit, but there's been yep. a weird, strange object found on the moon and people are freaking out about it a little bit friend people in the space community so it's just something to think about you know yeah. I mean, when you're formulating your argument against the uh, moon landing being fake because yeah. that's what i'm going to try to prove to you in the next episode so i just thought that'd be something you know a little easter egg to tease people for 2022 and really the good vibes for me was uh being able to you know use our influence and our platform that people have given us to go change some people's day a little bit and give them some christmas presents so yeah that's my good vibe story for the last uh, episode of 2021. Fran, take it away. Yeah, my good vibe this week is uh, a family dog is being hailed as as a hero for his actions that led to saving the life of a baby. Oh. So on the evening of December 13th, Kelly Andrews said her dog kept breaking into the nursery and waking the waking her baby. Kelly said her baby had been sick, so when Henry kept breaking into the nursery and walking her and waking her up, she was getting angry with the dog. I was, she said, I was getting so fed up with him until she stopped breathing, she said. Apparently, the dog knew something was wrong and kept breaking into the room. We spent the night at the hospital. Uh, I don't know what would have happened if he hadn't waken her up. And she said, we don't deserve dogs. 
That's true. Kelly post posted the story to Twitter where it quickly went viral. Thanks for all the well wishes, everyone. The baby is doing much better today, and we are home with Henry, who bravely held uh, the fort all all night, even though he is scared of the dark. She wrote in an update. The post had had more than 200,000 200, likes with hundreds of comments. Whenever an animal starts acting odd or uh, atypical, there's always a reason. Trust him. Henry is a hero. Doggos are sacred beings. Um, one person commented. I guess they blurted the name. I don't know. Uh, many people have replied with their own s stories about a beloved pet saving um, a life. Uh, somebody said, many years ago, we had a cat that slept with me in my crib. One night, the cat went in and tried to get my parents up. Had to be thrown off the bed several times. He peed on my dad's chest and ran out back to my crib where I was blue and not breathing. Oh. Sids. Oh, that's a serious one. That's crazy. Yeah. Dogs, man. We really like, I got to do something. This yeah. is the only way I'm going to wake this person up. We really don't deserve dogs. Yeah. Dogs are amazing. And they're so they're such uh, beams, beams, of, beams of light. And that's why people get so upset when people abuse dogs. Because you have to be kind of an evil person to do that to a dog. Um, so, yeah. Those are uh, a couple of awesome good vibes. What I will say is my suggestions, I don't know, watch a Christmas movie this week, you know, and heading into 2022, we're not going to be around for a couple of weeks. So you, you guys are going to have to, you know, maybe listen to the back catalog. But I would suggest Hawkeye. Great show, Fran, on Disney Plus. Yeah. All those Marvel shows have been great so far. Hawkeye's just another one on the list. But yeah, man, last episode of 2021. Yep. How you feeling? Um, I'm feeling excited. Yeah, yeah. 2022 man. i think i think big things i think positive things are on the horizon man. i I'm hope excited. so i'm excited i'm not going to um wish things in in, in yeah. the future anymore I'm like, the, just, I'm like i'm like i'm really excited i think out. the podcast is going to do great in the next year it's like podcasts are over yeah apple Podcasts is like we're shutting down <laughs> spotify everything podcasts we're done we're moving on from podcasts <laughs> it's, like, it's like the whole thing's done yeah, man. uh yeah no but uh, uh this has been another episode of affirmative murder the last one of 2021 yep i've been alvin williams joined as always by my incredible partner in true crime francel evans and we'll see you guys in 2022. Everybody have a great New Year's. Merry Christmas. Hanukkah. Uh, come on, man. All of uh, Kwanzaa. All of the things. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. See you guys next year.